Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the Indiana Game Day edition of the Michigan Man. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Joining me in just a few minutes will be the senior editor of our Michigan Bible, John Borton from The Wolverine Magazine. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, my guest will be the legendary voice of Hoosier football and basketball, Don Fisher. Before John drops by today, we get it rolling with my view from Section 17. I think I'm still drying out from Saturday night. On last week's show, I barely had a voice because of my upper respiratory infection, but it was getting better by the end of the week. Then I sat through the monsoon in the big house, and, well, you can tell how I sound. That didn't help my recovery. There wasn't much about Saturday's game under the lights I even want to remember. Here's where my head is as we recover from Saturday night and get ready for a trip to Bloomington. If you think this offense can be fixed in one week, I have no idea what to tell you. You just reach a point where, in some ways, it is what it is. Can it be fixed? Yes. Uh, Will it improve as the season progresses? I hope so, but there is so much work to be done. You can't just flip a switch and turn it on. This will take hard work, and Jim has said this over and over. The only way to learn is to play. Now, there are many of you that think play calling is the biggest issue we have or one of the biggest issues, and I won't argue that passing so much in that monsoon was maybe ill-advised, and maybe we could be more creative in the red zone. But the fact remains, The offensive problems are collective. You can't point to one thing this offense has done well this year consistently. Running trick plays and making some out-of-the-box calls in the red zone might help, but it all comes back to this. If you cannot move the line of scrimmage or pass block consistently, secure the football, stop the untimely penalties and unforced errors, you see a game like we saw Saturday night. Now, the rain made it worse. But before the torrential rain started, there wasn't much positive going on offensively. The only thing this offense can do is keep working, and I can't believe I'm still saying this, we have to exercise some patience. Jim Harbaugh said yesterday at his presser, the effort is there, his guys are busting their butts, and I agree. Michigan State is done with, we can deal with them again next year. It's time for the team, and for us, to move on and get ready for what will be a battle in Bloomington this Saturday. John Borton says we can't afford to stumble against IU. 
We need to bounce back, and we need a W. He joins me next as we lament the washout in Ann Arbor on Saturday night and look forward to Indiana on Saturday and hopefully a dry weather day. Here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Joining us on our Michigan Game Day segment this week as we wrap up that loss to the Spartans on Saturday and look ahead to a trip to Bloomington this Saturday is uh, editor John Borton from the Wolverine. John, great to have you back with us. Well, it's good to be with you. It's a tough time for talking about Michigan football after Saturday, but I know that they are gearing up for another week of football. Well, yes, and I think uh, the question I'm struggling with this morning is what we've been reading in the last 48 hours since the game. Is it fair at this point to start questioning the play calling? What do you think about that, John? Well, I mean, everybody's going to question the play calling when it doesn't work, when there seems to be uh, some certainly shortfall in the offense, and there has. There's been that. You don't score 10 points in a big rivalry game and, and not get questioned in every area in terms of the offense. Now, you have to understand, and we were talking before we got started about this probably the hardest uh, monsoon we've seen at Michigan Stadium for that prolonged period in the second half. That said, you've got a uh, Michigan State team that uh, scored 14 points before the rain set in while Michigan was, you know, stumbling its way to three points. And that really was the difference in the game because both teams were going to have a hard time scoring in the second half. And Michigan cashed in a touchdown with uh, a short field, 33 yards. They went in for the TD. I think. You know, as you look at Michigan right now, there's a lot of things that go into um, an offense that is just not producing what it should. You've lost your starting quarterback, and I know people will say they struggled with Wilton Spade before that, but he was in the process of getting used to new receivers. One of those receivers, probably your best one, and Tariq Black, uh, is out as well for an extended period. So you lost your best receiver. You lost your the quarterback who had won the job. You've got a lot of guys getting used to each other, receivers to quarterbacks, a lot of new personnel there. You have um, three-fifths of the offensive line that has been changed out, and they're struggling for some consistency, especially on the right side of that offensive line. Um, you've, you've got a new quarterbacks coach. There's just not a lot of consistency carryover from last year. And I think that, you know, that is certainly as much, I would say more so than particular play calling, but certainly, you know, play calling is going to come into question when you struggle like this. I would say though, that just as much, and, and 
Absolutely. I would say more of it is the fact that uh, they have just not had a lot of continuity from last year to this, not only in, in personnel. The defense has done that and gotten back up to speed, but they've had the same guys coaching from Don Brown on down. Uh, on offense, there's a whole lot of change that has really left them up in the air in some ways and trying to get up to speed on offense along with the injuries. And I think that's why I sort of hesitate to jump onto the uh, play calling bandwagon right now, because, you know, when you look at the offensive brain power that we have calling the plays, game planning, you have to think uh, if that's all it took to jumpstart this offense, they'd have done it by now. And my fear is they sort of already know what this offense can and can't do, John. I think you're right, and uh, there are certainly some limitations. You have to be able to protect better to uh, throw a deep ball. You have to uh, be able to uh, block uh, more consistently at times to run the ball consistently. They had flashes of that in the game uh, against Michigan State. Uh, I can I understand the, the play calling at times. Uh, you had a series where you start off with Karan Higdon, uh, ripping off, I think it was six yards uh, per carry four four times in a row, and then you get away from the running and uh, not successful through the air, and that bogs down a drive. At the same time, those play if those plays work, you say okay, they picked the perfect time to mix it up because Michigan State is starting to stack against the run and those sorts of things. Uh, Lloyd Carr always used to say the the good play, the good play call is the one that works. And uh, it, I just don't know that I would put everything or even the majority of what uh, is going wrong with the Michigan offense on play call. That said, uh, Michigan State had some plays that uh, you look at and truly fooled Michigan. Uh, the one screen back, throwback pass to uh, Madre London that, that just caught Michigan in a uh, pursuit and and it really fooled them. Michigan hasn't been about that, really fooling teams. They've uh, out-athleted, out-personneled, uh, directed things to where they could get it done. And they certainly have in the first couple of years that Jim Harbaugh has been in charge of this program and run the offense under Jake Rudock last year under Wilton Spate until he got hurt. Uh, they, they trailed off after that. But this year has been a it's been a big struggle, and I think uh, some of that continuity that I touched on is is a uh, is a major part of it, and some of that is coaching continuity. Well, John, you know the old saying: coaches see the most improvement between game one and game two, and we didn't see that happen. And it's week six now. I think the reality is starting to settle in. We we know there's no magic potion. This offensive rebuild looks to me now like it's going to take all year. You just don't show up in Bloomington and kaboom. I know that's not what fans want to hear, though, is it? It's not, but every week's different. I mean, I guarantee you that Indiana's defense is not what Michigan State's defense is. And I think that Michigan's going to score, I guarantee you, Michigan's going to score more than 10 points down in Bloomington. But that doesn't mean that the overall picture, you don't, like you're saying, you don't snap your fingers and everything is, is suddenly better. This team's averaging 27 points a game, and some of those are because of special teams and, and defense. This is, a, this is a team that really has to begin to find itself offensively. Uh, as I wrote after the game, Michigan has a defense that will keep it in every single game this year. 
at present, unfortunately, it has an offense that is going to keep an awful lot of opponents in every game this year. So, you know, uh, that it, it is something that really has to be addressed. And sometimes that, uh, that progress isn't as quick as anybody would like. And certainly you know, an offensive guy, a minded guy like Jim Harbaugh, this got to be frustrating to him too. He can't show it uh, to the degree that he probably feels it, at least publicly, because he has got a team to keep together. He has got, uh, he, he doesn't want guys to start getting discouraged. He's got to pull these guys together. There are two huge road games coming up, and Michigan has a shot at both of them. But it's got to be more efficient, more effective on offense than it certainly than it was on Saturday. Well, I felt bad for John O'Corn. He finally gets uh, his start this year through three picks really ran for his life, avoided a lot of sacks, I thought. And he looked visibly frustrated with his receivers at times. There were just, you know, too many drops. We all know that. And if Mm -hmm. that wasn't enough, he played two quarters in that monsoon, which surely, as we all saw, did not help matters. But he is clearly still our best option, John. Oh, there's no doubt about it. If he wasn't, he, you know, he wouldn't be out there. Uh, We saw Brandon Peters, the redshirt freshman, in the spring game, and he looked good in that very controlled situation uh, where the defense was only going to do so much and only put so much pressure on. At the same time, we heard behind the scenes that uh, he was the one that wasn't reacting well when the defense would put on uh, extreme heat, which we know teams like uh, Michigan State is going to do. Uh, When you've got a day-to-day evaluation, which is what Jim Harbaugh does. Uh, He was going with the guy that had looked the best from spring to fall, Bate. Bate gets hurt, O'Corn's the guy. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. People will say, oh, well, they're they're wasting snaps because John O'Corn is not going to be here next year. Brandon Peters is. uh, But the fact of the matter is, if you go that route and go younger just because Brandon Peters is going to be here next year and O'Corn's not, you have conceded in some ways you've conceded the season. If he's truly not your best, if Peters is not your best. And after the first loss, it's no time to concede the season. That's a, that's an overreaction. You've got to stay the course until, and uh, unless, uh, O'Corn just shows that he can't get the job done. I, I and I agree with you. I mean, I, I wrote after the game. It's like uh, you know, he he's uh, Jim Cantore has a voodoo doll from the Weather <laughs> Channel, and he keeps sticking pins in it when O'Corn starts a game at at home. Last year, he steps in for the the snow globe game, and uh, and now it's it's for the monsoon game. He. He deserves a little good weather down in Bloomington. Hopefully he gets it and uh, shows what he can do. With us here on our game day segment this week as we uh, put the wraps on that Michigan State game and look to Indiana is uh, John Borton from the Wolverine magazine. Uh, John, the Spartans had some some success, early success against the uh, the defense, but you know overall and especially in the second half, man, did that defense do everything and more to uh, to keep us in the game? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And the the cynics will say, well, look, uh, it was D'Antonio playing trestle ball. He was uh, he knew he had enough points to win, and he was going to play it close to the vest and not make the big mistake. 
you know, there there was certainly some conservatism and uh, awareness of the situation by Michigan State, but at the same time, Michigan uh, has done this consistently. They came into the game allowing three and a half points per game in the second halves of games. They adjust. They uh, they figure out what is being done to them and they stop it. And that was the case once again in this game. They really set up the seven points that Michigan scored in the in the second half. They set up their lone touchdown. When you back a team to its own end zone and uh, make them punt out to what I believe was the 33-yard line, and then you set up that uh, that lone score on the short field, you have created points. Uh, Michigan didn't create a turnover. That was the difference in the game. Five turnovers for Michigan, none for Michigan State. So Michigan's defense didn't actually create a turnover, but it did create a touchdown in the way it was able to back the Spartans up and defend. So you pitched a shutout for, I believe it was, the last 38 minutes of that game, uh, you've got to be able to come back and win it. We all agree the defense is very good. I mean, I'll go as far as to say it's elite. We have to see what they do the rest of the way. And they're going to keep us, as you said, in every game. And I think for fans, I think to, to just keep some perspective, that is a reason to have hope for the offense because this defense gives the staff time to keep tinkering and working with that offensive line and getting better. And that is a luxury that most teams do not have, John. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there are teams that uh, have to win shootouts. Michigan has to, in my mind, score uh, 27, 28 points a game, and uh, they will win most of them. You can't score 10. You can't score 10 at home in your rivalry game uh, and expect to win it. But in general, this is not a team that's going to have to score 38, 40 points and, and win some up-and-down shootout, which it, it is not capable of doing right now. You're absolutely right. Michigan's defense is uh, a great luxury for this team right now and, and a necessity. Uh, because they are trying to get things figured out. They are trying to figure out way to, ways to score more points. They, they have moved the ball. There's no doubt about that, but they have not done so consistently. They have not done so consistently in the red zone. They, they had a nice game in that respect against uh, Purdue, but you get right back to in this game uh, against Michigan State, 16 play drive and what you wind up with is three points and that uh, that if you're on the defensive side you're thinking we weathered the storm in that opening drive and that that's a win to give up only three points there and then of course Michigan gets the ball right back and turns it over at midfield when it was moving the football again and that sort of started the tailspin Michigan has to do a better job of taking care of the football, obviously, after that game, but also cashing in when it has chances. And that really, other than one game, has not been a strong suit. Well, John, it was only one loss, the first loss of the year. But I think we know just from reading emails, listening to fans uh, at the game and away from the game that some of the natives are getting a little bit restless in the fan base. And there was a, you know, a lot of talk before the season that Nick Saban made the big turn in his second and third year at Bama. Urban had Ohio State back on track in his second year. And Jim Harbaugh would make the same leap in his third year. And we know it's not fair. It's not sensible because you've got to compare apples to apples. And really, it's not a fair comparison. But for a fan base 
that's been frustrated for over a decade. You can understand to a degree the frustration, can't you? No, oh, there's no doubt about it, because this, <laughs> this is a, a fan base that for the older ones, for four decades, were, was used to winning three out of four against Michigan State. The last decade has been misery in that respect. And this is a this is a pride game. If if Michigan had gotten uh, upset at Purdue and then beaten Michigan State, you would have a lot of people still unhappy, but maybe not to the degree that uh, that this is. This losing to Michigan State, going uh, one and four at this point in rivalry games, is uh, is a sore spot. There's no doubt about it. And if you look at the configuration of these first three years. Uh, Michigan was poised to do better in the first two than it was this year, despite the fact that Michigan has recruited very well. We, you know that uh, there are going to be consequences from losing 19 NFL guys off your roster between the guys that got drafted and the guys that signed as free agents off of last year's team. Now, the part of the frustration is, you look on the defensive side of the ball, and they they were ready to go despite losing ten starters, and that they're still performing at a very high level. You think, okay, uh, Harbaugh is uh, is an offensive guy; he knows what he's doing, um, but it's kind of been a, a uh, coming together of a lot of different circumstances, some of which we touched on already, some of. Uh, some that involve injury that that offense has just not gotten going to the same degree. So they have looked, I guess, more like what a lot of national people expected over the summer. That this is, a, you know, it's a drop off year for Michigan. It's a three or four loss season, but you're given so much hope because of what the defense has been able to do that you start to think, well, why, why not everybody? Why not across the board? You, you can get a little greedy, yeah. so yeah. There's a it, it's a it's a strange dynamic, and uh, I I think as people watch things play out on Saturday night, they were maybe a little bit more inclined towards that summer narrative that you know it's it's inevitable that you're going to have some drop off from last year, given the fact that uh, you just lost so many people. Well, John, it was during the game, uh, I saw the news on Twitter, or just before the game started, actually, that Wilton had broken three vertebrae in his back. That's uh, what it was being reported. I think he told Chris Fowler that. Um, he said he probably or might not be back this year. I was a little surprised the news came from Wilton instead of the athletic department, which that seemed a little bit odd. Well, I, there there are privacy matters, and uh, you can... You can agree to those things. I know Jim Harbaugh was asked about it in the press conference, and he said that, that uh, needs to come from Wilton or the doctors. So they asked him. Sometimes they will have this all uh, worked out and as to how they announce it. But uh, I know Jim Jim said, ask Wilton. Most people aren't in position to do that. A big network was, and, and he gave the answer. Either way, it's... Uh, it is a blow to Michigan. There's no doubt about that because, you know, what I didn't like coming out of the Purdue game was this undercurrent of Spades hurt, he's out, O'Corn's in. Um, maybe that's good for Michigan. Mm-hmm. It, it, that that is, you don't want to hear that. 
I mean, first of all, this is a kid in Wilbur Spate who has worked incredibly hard and took Michigan to the brink of the playoffs last year before he got hurt. Uh, and yes, he was working things out and trying to uh, to get on the same page with uh, some young receivers and all. But you know, for one thing, you just don't do that uh, in assessing a situation. Uh, but two, it's really unfair to uh, how good he has the capability of being and uh, to, to think, okay, well, you're just, uh, you're automatically going to take a step up when the starter goes out. No, he was there for a reason. He won that job for a reason and he still could have taken great strides this year. Now you don't, you're not going to see that. Well, as bitter a pill as it was to swallow, we have to uh, put Michigan State in the rearview mirror now, turn our attention to uh, Indiana. The Hoosiers, they're 3-2. and two. They have a win over 4-1 Virginia, which is looking more impressive now. Their two losses were to Ohio State and to Penn State. And this is no gimme, John. This is uh, not a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but they have shown for at least periods of time, chunks of the game, they can play with the big boys. Absolutely. They hung with Ohio State for a half and looked pretty good in doing so. And uh, they can throw the ball. They can uh, they can move it. They're, this is a team that is... Uh, will go up and down the field on you. They'll allow some points as well, but uh, I just, they're not going to go into the game thinking, oh, wow, this is Michigan, that this is an unwinnable game. Michigan is, is an unbeatable program. We just have to take our beating. That's the way it used to be with Indiana, Michigan. Even when Michigan had better teams in uh, Harbaugh's first couple of years, uh, Indiana certainly uh, gave them an incredibly hard time down there, and Michigan had to scramble like crazy to pull out a win. Uh, now, Indiana and a lot of other people are going to be looking at this Michigan team that got by in those first four games. You know, they were ranked number 10. I thought that was too high at the time. I think that's been borne out. Indiana's going to look at them and say, Boy, you know, we're not intimidated by what Michigan can do. We will uh, find a way to score some points on that defense, and uh, Michigan right now is is struggling. So I think that they'll see it as an opportunity, and uh, they are not at the point in the season where Indiana is looking towards basketball, which, uh, you know, to be honest, a lot of times in October, that's that was it down in Bloomington. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're already, we're, we're one and five and, uh, you know, when are they going to roll out the, the basketballs? That's not the case right now. And I think you're going to see a very enthusiastic crowd, just like you saw at West Lafayette. And unless there is a change, the Hoosiers will be going with uh, their true freshman quarterback, Peyton Ramsey. He had a really nice game. Yeah, it was against Charleston Southern on Saturday, but still a good game. Uh, so you've got to think it's going to be tough sledding for uh, IU, even though they bring some big receivers to this game, John. They really challenged Ohio State and Penn State, made their corners work. They've got a couple of guys 6'4", uh, a couple of guys 6'2", some big boys uh, uh, on the outside there. So, But still you would think it's going to be tough sledding for that IU offense. I, I would think so, yes. But at the same time, uh, they they certainly have found a way to move the football. They just carved up Ohio State's pass defense. Uh, they threw and they threw and they threw. Now, Michigan is, uh, is better, uh, absolutely, in that area. Um, but 
You know, you have to do it on a on a week to week basis. And if you're turning the football over five times, that puts the defense in a bad position. You wouldn't expect that uh, two games in a row, but if it happens, then you've got uh, then you got a situation where okay, you're on the road, you've uh, turned the ball over a couple times early, and you know anything can happen. So uh, I would expect the Michigan defense to continue to play well, but uh, you you absolutely can't be throwing three interceptions. You can't be putting the ball on the turf at, at midfield and uh, causing even more stress on the Michigan defense than Indiana would cause anyway. No, I think that's what it's going to come down to, John. Uh, can the offense avoid the turnovers? Can you cut down on the mental mistakes? Find some rhythm in that offense. That's going to be so important. I don't think they have to be great, but you know, just play a clean game. This should be and is a much needed, or will be hopefully, bounce back win for this young team. Yeah, they absolutely have to get this one because uh, if somehow Indiana upset them, then uh, the wheels would be if not coming off and severely wobbling, you've got to go out to Penn state after that. That's going to be a very, very tough place to win the way Penn state's playing the way they're pointing for this game after uh, getting beat up in Michigan stadium a year ago. Uh, and uh, that's, you've got a tough road ahead. You just look at the back half of that schedule with uh, having to play at Penn state at Wisconsin, bringing Ohio State in, you better win the winnable games when you can. Indiana is a winnable game. Michigan needs it. Well, my guest on this week's game day show has been the senior editor of the Wolverine magazine, John Borton. As always, John, a pleasure having you on the show, and we look forward to our next visit. Mike, I always enjoy it, and thanks for having me on. Quick Hits is next as we put the lid on this Indiana game day edition of The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, Jib said yesterday at his presser he has not ruled Wilton out for the season. He will be evaluated in November, and a decision will be made as to whether he will return. It was reported on ESPN on Saturday he was out for the season with three broken vertebrae in his back. Hopefully we'll have an injury update for you on Thursday's show. Jim's presser on Monday was brief and to the point, as most of them are. He says questioning the play calling is fair. He said they were just trying to piece together drives on Saturday night to get on the board. He said he has the final word on any play before it's relayed to the quarterback. John O'Corn is still the starting quarterback. Jim said the staff will look inward to try and fix what ails the offense. He said it's not just one thing, as we all know. We are working to be better. He said the defense was fantastic against the Spartans, but in the end, you cannot turn the ball over five times and win. 
Don't forget our free show app is available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. You can also hear us on iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Wolverine Sports Radio. Thanks again for joining us today. My guest on Thursday's Visitors Edition will be the legendary voice of IU football and basketball, Don Fisher. So we hope to have you back then. That will do it for this game day edition of The Michigan Man. Thanks again to our guest, editor John Borton from the Wolverine magazine. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until Thursday, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!